A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast exists because of the paid subscribers at DecodingTV.com. To support the show and get ad-free episodes and early access to episodes, become a paid subscriber at DecodingTV.com. Thanks to everyone at Decoding TV who makes the show possible. I defend killers. That's how I make my money. I understand that. I don't know whatever it is you've got going on in your head, but Manziel has the right, the constitutional right, to representation, and I am going to provide said representation for as long as he pays me to do so. And nobody's going to scare me out of doing that. Anything else you got to ask? This is different, and I think you know that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I am David Chen. I'm Sarah Mars. On today's episode of Decoding TV, we're going to be discussing Justified City Primeval, episode four, entitled Kokomo. You can find more episodes of the show at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us. Let us know what you think of the show at decodingtv at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, threads, and YouTube at decodingtv. Um, now, I do want to note we are recording a little bit later this week than usual. Uh, just due to scheduling issues, we should be back on our normal schedule, releasing episodes, uh, hopefully like around Wednesday night. Uh, for your enjoyment, but just wanted to let you all know. Thanks for hanging with us as we discuss this week's episode of Justified. Sarah, let's start by talking about overall thoughts about Justified City Primeval Episode 4. What did you think overall of the episode? Um, To loosely paraphrase you, this feels like a classic Justified episode with a lot of classic Justified business. Um, I do want to sort of touch on a couple things about this episode that are interesting to me. The director is Gwyneth Porter Payton. She directed several episodes of the original series. She's also a prolific director of television in general. She's directed episodes of The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, The Walking Dead, Back When It Was Good, The Americans, Longmire, The Offer, Pam and Tommy, Welcome to Chippendales. Like she has done, so, and that's not even half, like that's a third, maybe at most a quarter at, of what she has done. She's such a good director. She has a real knack for what I think of as quirky tension where a scene that might just sort of be like a standard two shot, like, uh, you know, camera a camera B shot, reverse shot. Uh, she never does that. She always comes at it sideways. She always has an interesting angle. Characters are always doing interesting things. Um, I just love Gwyneth Porter Payton. I get so excited whenever I see she's directed an episode of anything, but especially justified. Um, so I just want to shout out Gwyneth Porter Payton, one of my faves, coming back to direct this episode. Woo! And, then, <laughs> and then this episode is called Kokomo, and the only big reference of the week is the actual song Kokomo from the Beach Boys, Circo when John Stamos was their drummer in the 80s. Very cheesy music video, but the song is about fantasy. It is about escape. It is about getting away to an idealized place. Um, it's Margaritaville for the Yacht Rock crowd. And I think this episode being titled Kokomo and dropping this song at the end as they kind of cut between all the main characters and where they're at halfway through the series. We are now at the midpoint. 
the idea of these people reaching for better and more is so interesting that it's being tied to a song that is explicitly about fantasy and what that says about the goals and aspirations of these characters, whether it's Carolyn wanting to become a judge, Sweetie wanting to get out from underneath Clement Mansell's thumb, Clement just, I guess, wanting money. I just, he remains kind of um, a joker type. Like the mo- the motivation is just very basic. He wants what he wants and he wants it right now. Um, I think it's also interesting that Raylan doesn't really have an aspiration like, say, Carolyn, who is probably his closest foil in the series so far. Um, she wants a ju- to be a judge. She has these big dreams, big goals. Raylan, he just wants to go back to Florida. <laughs> you know, he's kind of where he was when we met him at the beginning of Justified. Right. He just wants to go back to Florida. He just wants his kids back, man. Like, he just wants to go back to his daughter, really, right? Yeah. Um, Who so... is not in this episode. Willa Free episode. Yes, yes. Uh, there was, And there was much rejoicing in the Mars household. Um, no, but... <laughs> I, no, no, no. I don't hate Willa. I just, it was a Willa Free episode. Um, she has not run away from Florida yet. She has three more episodes in which to, no, wait, five, six, seven, four more episodes in yes. which to run away from Florida. I am curious, like, yeah, if she's going to come back into the plot somehow. I think you're probably right that she will. But there is a world where, you know, she doesn't come back to the final episode when she and Raylan have an emotional reunion. Who knows? Maybe. And then um, you have to kind of ask, what was the point? <laughs> this was a very solid, justified episode. Like, uh, some some fun words were had between Raylan and some powerful people. Um, there's a little action set piece uh, a showdown happens, basically. You know, some some nice stuff in here, but it is, you know, as usual, like uh, a transition episode where we're kind of setting up uh, for some further escalations in many of the plot lines that we've already had so far. So uh, I liked the episode pretty well, uh, and uh, I, uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't like, um, you know, oh, that was one of the greatest episodes of all time or anything like that. It's just like solid, solid justified episode to get us to. Already, as you said, we're at the halfway point, but we are rapidly approaching the end game of this season. Uh, and I think it did a really solid job of doing that. So um, overall, uh, fan of this episode of Justified City Primeval, episode four, Kokomo. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
There's much more to discuss, Sarah. Let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about what actually happened this episode. So we're going to spoil the episode. Here we go. Uh, we spend a little bit of time with Clement, Mansell, Sweetie, and Sandy this episode. Now, I just want to say, to my credit, Sarah, because I love tooting my own horn, uh, I called this. You know, I called that he, I called that Clement would not kill the Albanian. Now, to your credit, he did something way stupider than killing the Albanian, <laughs> um, which was he grievously injured the Albanian. And this was just like really dumb. You know, like it's, it's I guess, you know, like what, if you're going to hurt him, you might as well kill. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to send the Albanian mafia after you. You might as well just kill him. You know, like why leave a living witness to quote uh, Al Pacino and heat? You know, like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you brought up the issue of Clement Mansell's motivation, and it does feel a little bit odd that he seems to just be in for the next big heist. Um, in The Dark Knight, when Joker was trying to steal millions of dollars, he split it 50-50 with him and like one of the one of the gangs or whatever, or the group of gangs. And then he took the money that he stole and set his half of it on fire, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, oh, that's very consistent with that character. Like, that's like, he's trying to cause chaos. When I see Clement Mansell, who's Joker-esque and trying to cause chaos, but all he cares about is money. Like, there's so many easier ways to get money, you know what I'm saying? Like, than what he's doing. Um, it just feels a little bit incongruous. What do, what do you think about that, Sarah? I, yeah, I, I think he's just... He doesn't care. And I think everyone kind of has their fatal flaw. Raylan, it's his temper. Um, Clement is not taking the Albanian seriously. That is clear this episode. He really, like, he injures the Albanian, shatters his leg with a garage door. I mean, this is Gwyneth Warder Payton, like, classic stuff. Just the most sort of, like, stomach-turning thing. As it started to happen, I was like, oh, no, I... This is literally like, this is something that could happen to you. Like watching the original Justified, people got thrown down mine shafts. And it's like, well, unless you live in mining country, that's not going to happen to you. But like a garage door could close on you. <laughs> so it's just terrifying in that Sarah way. Sarah lives in fear that her panic room door could come down on her leg. <laughs> well, I'm uh, a child of like the 80s and 90s where we were just like playing with garage doors a lot. And it's like, how did all of us survive with our limbs intact? But it's um, here's another Here's another random fact, by the way, Sarah. I, I feel like... Anytime there's a TV show or film that has a panic room in it, uh, typically something goes wrong with the panic room and that door, like the door closes on someone's body part. Um, yeah. It happened in the uh, uh, David Fincher film Panic Room. It happened in this episode of Justified City Primeval. It happened in another major Netflix series that I will not say what it is. Because it would be a spoiler, but it's some, something that a lot of people have watched. And there was a panic room and a door came down on someone's body part in that show. Um, apparently, if you have a panic room, very, very common in TV show and movies for it to well, close I, on someone's I body part. I think there's just something about the idea of you're trying to escape and protect yourself and that failing in the critical moment. Right. There's, there's, it's like there's heightens a, the terror, right? It's yeah. like you're already in a stressful situation 
now imagine the door closing on you. Like that, that's yeah. kind of like, yeah. Anyway. Or like not reopening and you suffocate. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's very clear. Clement is not taking the Albanian seriously. When Sandy brings up the blood feud, he completely blows it off. He's ready to move on to his next thing, which is using the judge's notebook to blackmail people. Um, so that's part of it. That's like maybe his fatal flaw is he is so divorced from consequence that he's not thinking anything through. And that makes him very chaotic, but it's like, that's probably where the fall is going to come from because he's not taking this seriously. He doesn't care about anything. And it's like, how? What, one question is like, how do you get to him? Like, how does Raylan leverage against him? It's like, well, he's probably not going to be able to. But one sort of weakness of Clements is this tendency to just not think the next step. You know, like he leaps into everything wholeheartedly. And if he was a better person, that would be a great trait, but he's not a good person. So it's terrifying. Um, Interesting. That's not, that's not exactly my read of it. Um, But let's talk, let's, let's put a pin in that. Let's come back to that point because um, my issue with him is not that he doesn't think things through. My issue is that uh, I, I want someone that chaotic to be motivated by something more than money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of my feeling about it. Uh, but let's talk about how well he thinks things, thinks things through uh, momentarily. As we discussed, Clement did not kill the Albanian in the last episode. He, by way of Sandy, just caused grievous injuries, thus starting an Albanian blood feud. Clement is not at all concerned, moving on to a new scheme with the judge's notebook, but the Albanians start torturing people to get to Sandy, including her boss and her roommate, Hina. With the Albanians hunting him, Clement hatches a plan with Sweetie to blackmail people using the judge's notebook. Sweetie backs down from the immunity deal Carolyn got for him, seeing the notebook as a way to deal with Clement on his own terms. So that's kind of what happens to that plot line. Now, let's talk about a, a bunch of different things that happened here. First of all, uh, the, the part where they torture uh, uh, Sandy's roommate. So there's a Ugh. scene where Al- the Albanians torture Sandy's roommate. They start yanking her teeth out. <clears throat> I thought for sure, like... Uh, Raylan was going to show up before the teeth started getting yanked out, you know, and that would not be like a nice... Not in the Gwyneth Horder Payton episode. Yes, fair enough. The fair minute enough. I knew she was directing and they came in with the pliers, I'm like, that girl is going to lose some teeth. <laughs> so, uh, really, you know, gut-wrenching scene, but uh, basically what the, they do is the Albanians manage to find Sandy's address, right? They, uh, Raylan's police officer partner gives away that it's Clement Mansell, um, because he wants them to do the hard work for him and hunt Clement. He wants the Albanians to hunt Clement Mansell down. And if Clement Mansell turns up dead, hey, that's all fine with him. But Raylan Givens is not into that kind of frontier justice anymore, I guess. Uh, so he wants to apprehend him and ha- see him rot- see Clement Mansell rot in jail. Uh, so the Albanians find Sandy's roommate, and then they ask her to call Sandy and get Sandy to come home. And they say, if you don't, if she's not home within 20 minutes, we're going to start pulling your teeth. Clement Mansell ignores that entire thing. He's like, hey, I need my steak even rarer than it is right now. And like, that's all he's so rude to the waitress, too. Yes. It's not surprising that he's rude to wait staff. It is such a great character beat that it's like, oh, he's a dick to waiters. (laughs) Of course he is. But it's just like having that moment is just like, ugh. For sure. Um, I don't know. My read on it 
was that Clement Mansell sniffed that something was up with the whole situation. Did you did you get that with sense? the roommate? You mean? Yeah, with the roommate. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so. I think I think he knew that that was a serious thing, and he wasn't going to make any move to help that person. Well, I think he knew on some level it was some kind of setup, whether it was yes. law enforcement or Albanians or whatever. And so he's like, okay, I'm just going to take my time because why would he's, I rush to that, right? He's very wily. And yeah, I yeah. do think I do think he thought it was a, a trap of some sort. Yeah, okay, cool. So we're aligned on that because, because yeah. I actually – because per your earlier description, if he was – less intelligent, you know, or didn't think things through as much. He could have just blundered into that situation. But I think he, I do think he's thinking like one or two steps ahead of his competition. Yeah. But he's not playing 40 chess. Like he's true. I I will grant you, like, I do think he has a certain ability, especially as it pertains to his own interests directly. He understands where danger lies I do think he's missing the bigger picture with the Albanians. He's not the only one in this episode who's kind of not maybe taking it as seriously as they should be. Um, but I don't think he has, like, he's not Boyd Crowder or Mags Bennett or even like a Loretta McCready, somebody who's planning like 10 steps ahead. Sure. He actually kind of reminds me of the season three villain Quarles, played by Neil McDonough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because and yeah. Quarles had a drug problem. Like, that was kind of his downfall. Like, there was an implication at one point that he had been a very good enforcer for the Detroit mob, and then he got hooked on Oxy, and that kind of, you know, knocked him off his uh, game, I guess. Uh, and he was kind of chaotic, and, and he would initiate plans, and he couldn't follow anything through because eventually his addiction would sort of interrupt the flow and get in the way of those plans. Clement is kind of like that. Like he starts things in motion. He has some, he has enough self-awareness to not walk blindly into traps. Um, he also seems to be the flip side of Norbert, the terrible cop who's like, Oh, I hope they all just kill each other. Where Clement is like, maybe I'm not going to do any of this. And maybe the cops and the Albanians will just take care of each other. <laughs> Like, like they seem to have kind of the same thought process there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not thinking, you know, far enough ahead to say like, how, how seriously do I take these Albanians? Like how much I'm not going to walk into a trap. Sure. But I'm also not going to worry about them. So there's mm-hmm. a line to like how far he's thinking ahead. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's pretty accurate. I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, interesting, weird note, by the way, I watch TV shows typically with closed captions on. I don't know if you if you do the same thing, but Sandy's roommate Hina, uh, she speaks in Mandarin Chinese at various points in the episode, and then the closed captions identified it as Lao, L A O, um, which is a different language than Mandarin Chinese. Um, Lao is spoken by Laotians, I believe. Um, so it was just a weird, weird little note. I was just like, huh, that's, that's weird that they're calling it Lao, which is, I think, I believe less common than Mandarin Chinese, but she's speaking Mandarin Chinese. So that's a either qu- a failure on the captioning side or yeah. it's a, a failure of nobody actually bothered to get some proper Lao dialogue for her. To right. Speak. Or, or maybe the character is Lao in the book. 
you know, and they just assume that she's speaking Lao. Maybe. Um, um, it, it's, that's one of those things that the, the, that's, uh, the languages and the way they get used in film and television, there's a lot of stickiness there. And the way that uh, Asian languages in particular can be mixed up like that, it is usually just somebody didn't take the time to get that right. Yeah, for sure. We meet, uh, well, actually, I have further thoughts on like Toma, but we'll get to that in a moment. Anything else you want to say about this uh, Sweetie subplot or um, this whole situation with Sandy and Clement? Um, pretty, pretty mad at Sweetie for once again, just dooming a lot of people to pain and suffering and maybe death because he just won't give up the gun. <laughs> He doesn't want to be a snitch. And I truly was like, sweetie, what did you think an immunity deal was going to involve? How did you think you were going to get immunity without having to tell what happened and name names? Um, so, yeah, I, I just was very frustrated because it's like, once again, this is all avoidable, <laughs> but it's not going to be avoided. Um, yeah, because he doesn't he get like a decent deal, but then he he rejects it, right? Like, yeah, well, he would have to testify against Clement, and right. I think I think there is like there's a part of him that is like he he doesn't want to snitch, like that's part of yeah, what his deal yeah. is. But there's also he's scared of Clement, and he doesn't want to testify in open court, and he would have to. So he has like a legitimate reason to be like, oh, if I have another way out, I'm going to take it, and he seems to think he does. Yeah, um, and and so it's a, a huge shame because he's like, I'd rather take the blackmail path, then testify in open court. Uh, I have a feeling it's not going to work out very well for him. Nothing uh, is going to work out for anybody. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, a statement that's true in life as well as justified <laughs> city primeval. Something else that uh, you had brought up in the show notes last week that we didn't actually talk about, but that I think becomes more explicit in this episode is uh, you'd mentioned that Sweetie has a handsome younger man working for her named Trinell, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it hints that they might be romantically involved. This episode makes it explicit, like, or makes it mm-hmm. clear that they they are, because I think um, Clement Mansell offers to take, you know, he he tries to rope Sweetie in on this uh, notebook thing, and he says, "Hey, you can bring Trinell with you, you know, um, yeah, to uh, when we go to Hawaii or wherever they're vacationing." Um, I mean, it's, so. it was pretty explicit in the previous episode. Just the, the their physical closeness suggested intimacy. Um, the way they moved around each other. But yeah, this episode, yeah. they were blatantly like, let's take a couple's retreat. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. okay, so he really is with Trinell, and people know he's with Trinell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, you, you mentioned uh, Sandy really not taking this whole situation very well. And and I think, like, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out, like, what's going on with Sandy. What are our motivations for hanging out with Clement? And I still don't think we really get a good sense of that yet. Mm-mm. But we do... We do know that she um, doesn't handle crushing that guy's leg particularly well. So I guess... uh, My girl is falling apart at the seams. (laughs) She is barely holding it together. I think there was a a question of, like, to what degree was she exposed to, privy to, involved in Clement Mansell's uh, atrocities? You know, like, like all the terrible acts that he did. You know, was she, like, fully complicit in all of them? And... Uh, it feels like however complicit she was, she doesn't really have a stomach for it. You know, like she's not no, really. Yeah. And it's important to note he 
basically forces her to close the garage door on the Albanian's leg, which thus makes her an accomplice. But she's not a willing participant. She is kind of like sweetie she's ensnared by this guy and she's being forced into these situations and she does not have the ability to get out of it so she does it because the alternative is clement will kill her like i don't Mm -hmm. think for one second that he's actually in love with her or really cares about her like she is a means to an end she serves a purpose the minute she is a liability Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, oh, that was yeah. Sarah uh, doing the you know cutting throat motion. Sorry, that's deal, right? yeah, podcast. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sandy's Sandy's not doing well at all. So, um, as you said, it's not going to end well for anyone. Let's talk about what happens with Raylan this episode. Raylan and Carolyn. Raylan meets up with the Albanian shot caller Toma Castiot, played by Terry Kinney to try and get his nephew to play ball with their investigation. Not only does it not work, but Norbert intentionally reveals uh, Clement Mansell's identity to Toma. So now it's a race against the clock to get to Clement before the Albanians. Raylan warns Carolyn about the Albanians, but she doesn't scare easily. Uh, And Norbert kills one of the Albanians after a confrontation in Hina's apartment. Carolyn ends up calling Raylan when more Albanians follow her from work. Raylan and Carolyn share a bourbon and a moment outside her house because he is guarding her, basically. So uh, that's some of the stuff that happened with Raylan and Carolyn this episode. Uh, and yeah, we, we already talked about how, like, I, I, I kind of really love that whole sequence of Raylan and uh, Norbert showing up at the, at the Sandy's house uh, or Sandy's apartment and Norbert saying, like, hey, we could just wait here. Which, by the way, uh, hashtag Norbert was right, uh, Sarah, you know, because, I mean, who knows if Clement would have actually gone into the house, you know, by himself. Like, uh, like who knows? Uh, may- maybe not. He would probably suspect that there's some kind of trap. So, like, there was never anything to hap- actually happen there. But I did think that was a wonderful scene when uh, they're apprehending the Albanians. They kill one of them. And then... Uh, Clement Mansell just drives by and they kind of lock eyes for a good, you know, 30 seconds. That was a great scene. As much as we talk about Justified's dialogue, when you get those moments of silence, the loaded, heavy silence, and those two who haven't seen each other since the hotel conference, or did they see each other in Carolyn's office? No. I think they just saw each other at the hotel confrontation, which was probably a few days before. Um, You know, it's, it was a very, very good moment and I do like any moment that Boyd Holbrook and Timothy Oliphant are on screen together. Well, I just love that there, there's nothing that Timothy Oliphant can do at that moment. Like, he's, he's not going to start shooting him because it's like Timothy Oliphant wants to take this guy in by the book, basically. That's, that's, that's the whole, his whole motivation this season. We talked earlier about, like, motivations. And, like, th- that seems to be his motivation to bring this guy in under the, uh, you know, cover of authority, like whatever the term is, he wants to have a legit trial and have this guy go to jail. I don't know if he's going to get that wish, by the way. Um, no, but no, <laughs> but there's just, they, they lock eyes. There's this moment where they, they like both understand what's going on there. They both understand the dynamic. Timothy Oliphant's like, Oh, so close to apprehending him, but just missed him. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's like a great buildup, a great kind of payoff. And they just kind of have this moment where, 
uh, Clement Mantell taunts him, and it's just it's excruciating, you know. But it's uh, it's great justified TV. So, um, I also thought it was like a kind of weirdly tragic moment with one of the Albanians like mourning the death of his Albanian uh, brother in arms, you know, like just kind of, uh, I, I don't recall if those two characters were related or not. Uh, but... I, I don't think it matters. They were partners and I, yeah. kudos to those actors. They did a great job. They had just a few scenes, a few minutes to establish their characters. Um, they were very scary people. They were not good people, but you genuinely feel when one of them dies, you feel the other one, you feel that pain and grief. Like you really do. Um, I think Norbert started another blood feud. I think we now have two Albanian blood feuds running mm-hmm. concurrently. Mm-hmm. And also I think it's worth noting because we did mention early, like when we first started this podcast, when the show first started, how will justified, which, you know, relies on like a modern gunslinger character deal with the changed conversation around policing and propaganda on TV and I, Norbert kind of clearly exists to sort of be that over-the-top bad cop. But it is notable, I think, given that conversation, these things that have happened in real life, the way that scene is presented on screen, it does appear that Norbert shot that Albanian man in the back. Mm. Um, so I think that detail might come back. Mm. So and I speak. know, I know Raylan has shot people in the back. He shot Ty Walker in the back. Um, you know, but like, and I don't want to say it's better or different. It's not really because Ty Walker was the same kind of character. He was in season six of Justified. He was a heavy, he was an enforcer. And yet the way that these scenes are presented, Raylan did that to Ty Walker. And it was like a cool moment because he shoots Ty Walker and Ty turns around and played by Garrett Dillahunt, who was, a, um, another Deadwood alum who came on to justify. And he said, uh, you shot me in the back. And Raylan says something like, well, then you should have turned around if you wanted me to shoot you in the front. Like it, they have a cool dialogue exchange, you know? Right, right. Whereas this time, Raylan coming downstairs and finding Norbert in the street with the dead Albanian who is face down and does seem to have been shot at least once in the back. Um, he's horrified. He's completely horrified by this development. So it's like, that's 15 years later. The change in Raylan is he does want to do this by the book and he doesn't appreciate having somebody shot in the back. So Yeah, yeah. And it's a thing where uh, this is a kind of moment that in another show would be just be a throwaway moment. Like, oh, there was two hench- henchmen. One of them got killed and like, we're moving on, you know? And... Uh, this is a show that actually took a moment for the guy to actually mourn his uh, his brother's death, as it were. And uh, just kind of a, like you said, they did a great job with very little, you know, just a few minutes on screen. Yeah. And you're already like really invested in this relationship. And that's something that Justified does really well is like introducing new character and make you care about them in a really short period of time. I think the show in general does a really good job of that. So um, that was the case here. Let's see. The other thing to mention, you know, we had we had tried to predict how Sandy's boss would come into play. And uh, I, I don't know if this is how, like in this episode, basically, they, they shake him done. down. They shake him down for for Sandy's address in this episode. Um, yes. A, a, and uh, 
And I still I don't get, think he's done. I think there's still more for the boss to do, for Ravi Patel to do. But that's what I, I think that's one of the things that's great about Justified is there's a very like um cause and effect like progression to a lot of the plots, right? Where it's it's oh um like when the Albanians arrive at Sandy's apartment and when uh, Raylan and Norbert arrive at Sandy's apartment at about the same time, you understand exactly how both of those people came to arrive at that place at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of clear to the audience why these gears are kind of moving in tandem. And um, I really like that component of it, but yeah, we'll see if that's the last we've seen of, uh, well, Sandy's boss. Now he has multiple pieces of the puzzle because he knew she was into something shady. Mm-hmm. He saw her with Clement Menzel in the casino. He knew she was, now he knows for sure she's involved with the Albanians somehow. And he's pissed at her. So, because he was tortured, essentially, I'm not as bad as Hina. Hina got the worst of it, but he was held off a building and th- his life threatened right. because of Sandy. So he has all these pieces of the puzzle and, and a now a personal grudge. So I'm like, I don't think he's done yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see. I think you're probably right about that. So we'll see how that plays out. And then finally... Sarah Mars, we got to talk a little bit about Raylan and Carolyn, right? Ha. So they have multiple scenes of dialogue this episode. Uh, Raylan goes to warn Carolyn about the fact that the Albanians might be coming after her. Carolyn turns down his assistance or, you know, basically tries to uh, say, back off. I got this under control. Um, Carolyn actually asks for Raylan's help after she determines that she's being followed by Albanians. There's a fun little chat that Raylan has with the Albanians telling them to GTFO. I thought that was awesome. Again, some some classic justified dialogue there. Uh, and then Raylan goes to cover Carolyn's house, and she comes out and drinks some bourbon with him. And I think we are meant to think we are meant to believe that there is some chemistry there, some electricity there between the two of them. Sarah Mars, do you to, feel not this? Not meant to believe there is fully chemistry. They have little, they have a couple vibey moments. They're not. It's fun how this is presented mm-hmm. because these are not young characters. These yeah. are middle aged people who have been around the block, and they know what's up. They know the score, and the way they flirt with each other is so interesting. And it's also complicated by the fact that he is trying to arrest her client. She really, to Carolyn's credit, because she she, ha- she has maybe a suggestion of some shadiness, like via her ex, you know, something has happened, some kind of fraud situation. Um, but she really does seem to believe in the constitutional right to a good defense. Yeah. And she also really seems to believe in if you want to take someone like Clement down, you're going to have to do it the right way, which is like, no, he's it's going to end in a gunfight in the street. But we'll get there. (laughs) They're still operating on the idea that Raylan might be able to pull this off. But the way that they talk to each other, the way that they kind of relate to one another, it's so cute (laughs) because they're so careful. They're both so there's clearly mutual interest. But neither, they're professionally, they can't become entangled. And personally, even if you took that block of Clement in a potential legal case away, these are wary people who have been hurt in the past, who have been let down and let people down 
at least in Raylan's case, we know for sure he's let people down. Um, so it's kind of interesting just to see that sort of um, second chance love sort of presented as just the way that they are so careful with one another. They flirt a little bit, but it's like they're towing right up to the line and they won't quite quite cross. Really? It. What, what? What? Other than the final scene, what? Where is the flirting? Uh, Sarah Mars, um, well, what do you when, think? When they meet in the office, I don't think they actually flirted in the office. It was definitely vibes. There was a tension. There's a lot of mutual attraction. And when they're in closed spaces, I think you kind of feel that vibration. Um, and I think his impulse to protect her stems from a personal interest. Like he is intrigued yeah. by her. He likes her. Like there's, again, there's that attraction and his white hat tendency is to ride to her rescue. And she's like, I don't need that. Get out of here. <laughs> um, but then she kind of does at least in so far as getting the Albanians to stop following her in that moment, as he points out, they're going to find her eventually. But it is, um, I think when they're in the office, it's less direct flirting because when at the end of the episode, when they're talking in his car, they go back and reference the sparkler in the drink. Like they have a little cute kind of like, oh, we have in jokes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, in the uh-huh. office, it's, it's more that tension of this is a man with an interest in a woman. He's trying to help her. And she part of the reason he, I think part of the reason he likes her is that she is this very strong, self-determined woman. And she's like, yeah, I don't need you. Mm hmm. All right, fair enough. Uh, I, I think there was, de- I definitely felt the kind of electricity in the car for sure, you know, but not not as much in the other places. I do think there is a lot of mutual respect there, though. As you point out, it is worth noting Timothy Oliphant, age 55, Anjuna Ellis, age 54, both look amazing for their ages. Oh, by the way. yeah. <laughs> neither, <laughs> Incredible. Neither one, they're both like drinking the unicorn blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> neither one is aging in a normal fashion. Right. And as you point out, if they did get romantically entangled, it would likely cause lots of problems. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that I think is actually uh, a key component of Justified. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Sarah, but like basically people have in the parlance of our times, people have entanglements on the show, right? They're like, they're all they're like, they're all like related to each other in some way, or they've slept with each other or something like that. And that just complicates the entire situation. I feel like that's happened many times in previous seasons oh, with justified. Am I yes. right about this? Yeah. Raylan messed up multiple cases because he slept with the wrong person. Most notably in season one, he sleeps with Ava and she's a witness against Boyd. They have Boyd stone cold in prison and he gets out on a technicality because Raylan slept with Ava. So that's what kind of kicks the whole gear of the first six seasons into motion is Raylan can't keep his dick in his pants. And it does seem like 15 years later and after all those events and the just catastrophic domino effect of that decision... He has actually learned some circumspection. He has learned some self-control. He is actually well, ha- like... Qu- qu- question mark? Has he? Right? Like, because... Well, uh, he's playing be- it really careful with, with Carolyn. Absolutely. So. absolutely. But uh, look, uh, you know, something I said to you last episode when we when we talked was, I think the show plays it pretty fair. Like, in general, correct me if I'm wrong, but in general, I think not very much consequential stuff happens off screen. I, th- I think, right? 
Uh, and so you were saying, like, oh, the Albanian's dead. I'm like, no. If he was dead, they would have showed you him getting killed, or they're going to show you next episode. But it's it would be unlike the show to cut to black, and then next episode they slept together. I think that, that would be a bit odd. But it definitely makes it seem like that might happen. You know, like, I, I feel like the language of the show is, like, they're start, starting to flirt, and, you know, and then it's just a re- pretty abrupt cut to black, and it's like, who knows? Maybe something might happen between the two of them. I don't think so because of what you said and because I don't think the show would cheat us like that and have something like that take place off screen. But I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. I mean, what as I said before, the sex on the show previously was like it was TV sex. It was bra on come in after the critical moment. But it was always clear like Raylan was in bed with people. You know, like we knew he slept with Ava. We knew when he started sleeping with Winona again. You know, it was always very clear when he was having trysts. They just, times were different. They couldn't show as much as they can now. So it had to be a little bit suggested in terms of the actual act. But it was always on screen. This is who Raylan is with now. And this is how it's messing up his life and everyone else's life. Um, so the fact that they stayed in the car by the end of the episode, I think that's, like you said, they they wouldn't fade to black on that big of a development. And I don't think we're yeah. going to just like leap into Raylan and Carolyn waking up in bed in the next episode. I, 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 I agree. I, 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 that's what I'm saying, trying to say is I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it would be wild if that did happen, Sarah Mars, and prove yeah. us both wrong. Like it would just it be. Would. <laughs> but I think I think I'll like text point... you. I'll be like, "Well, we <laughs> fucked that one up. That was horrible." Like I think kind of the point of that moment in the car is that they kind of can't stay away from each other. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. could have sent somebody from Detroit PD or a yeah. junior yeah. deputy marshal. He could have sent somebody else to babysit her house and he didn't, he did it himself. I think there's a little bit of like, Oh, they kind of can't stay away from each other, but they're also old enough, just barely wise enough in Raylan's case anyway, to not cross that line yet. That is a great note you have about like, maybe he's learned something in the last 15 years. And that is a cool opportunity to view this character at two different phases of their life and see how they've changed. He has a kid now that he really cares about. He doesn't stick his dick in everything because he doesn't want to ruin all of his cases anymore. Who knows what other areas of growth we'll see, but yeah. Uh, Any other thoughts on Justified City Primeval Episode 4, Sarah Mars, before we wrap up today? Yeah, I I think this... I have to say, like, the season so far, we're halfway through. I do think we've hit the point in a classic Justified arc where everything is ramping up. I did find myself thinking about season two a lot with this episode and how the how the um, situation with the Bennets unfolded in that season. Because if you remember, the Givenses, Raylan's family, in Harlan County, and the Bennett family, headed by Mags Bennett, in Bennett County, they were kind of a Hatfield and McCoy thing. And there was actually a blood feud between their families. And when Raylan is like, okay, the Albanians have this thing, they have these blood feuds, he seems to leap on that in a way that no one else is. And I think it's because he went through it with the Bennets. He knows how fast these things can escalate. And when people don't let go, and when he meets Toma, 
the way that scene is staged, and I love Terry Kinney, like just so happy to see him pop up in any show at any time. But the great way scene. he great scene, great yeah. scene, like, and it's one of those classic things. Like we meet that character once, and I feel like we know exactly who he is and what his whole deal is. Um, but it's that scene. I actually went back to season two and watched a few scenes of Raylan having confrontations with Mags Bennett. And it's a different setting. It's Detroit. It's not the Hills. Like it's, it's not a general store. It's not a dining table. Like it's a different setting, but the tension and the tone of those confrontations felt very similar. And Raylan knows, I think once he meets Toma and takes his measure for himself, I think you can see Raylan kicking into high gear because he knows this type of person and how far they will go and what they will do in their name of justice. And no one else is on board with this yet because they haven't been through a blood feud before. Um, So I think that was really interesting, the way that there is a parallel between Toma and the Albanians and how they're reacting to a threat to their community and the way Mags Bennett reacted to a threat to her community in season two. Uh, that's a great point, Sarah, and very well articulated. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it's interesting to see what experiences from Raylan's past might be informing his present actions. I think uh, the show is doing a really good job of showing what he learned from his time in Kentucky, which, if you recall, it was kind of a punishment. Him being in Kentucky was a punishment for what he did in Miami. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like he really did learn something and he is a different, arguably better police officer or deputy rather uh, now than he was then. Indeed. All right. We're going to get to our favorite quotes from the episode in a moment. But before we do that and wrap it up, Sarah Morris, why don't you tell people where they can find more of your work on the Internet this week? You can find my work on LaneyGossip.com. All my film reviews are on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm on social media, various platforms, at CineSnark. All right, and of course, you can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Let us know what you think of the podcast and of Justified City Primeval. Write into us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Sarah, favorite quote from the episode? Uh, my favorite quote is a non-quote. One of the it's Albanians, a non-quote. It's a moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, one of those great tense moments of silence. One of the Albanians asks Raylan about his hat, what kind of Stetson it is. And Raylan just has no response. He's not going to be drawn on the topic. He's not going to be charmed by this person. Like, he just has no patience. He's over it. He's done. And again, as much as we love the dialogue and justify, there are these moments where Raylan just hits his limit and he gets this steely-eyed look. And Timothy Oliphant is, I truly believe, a vastly underappreciated actor of his generation. Because what he can, can communicate in just one stare is you can just read all of Raylan's just, I'm over it. I'm not doing this. I'm not amused by this. Can we just get to the part where it's all over? Because he knows it. From that moment, he knows exactly where it's going. And I just really love that exchange where the, the Albanian tries to kind of cajole him into this chummy conversation. And Raylan is just like not into it. Wow. Uh, thank you for highlighting that moment. It, w- it would have just kind of zipped past me, but I appreciate you uh, mentioning it again here. Uh, I really enjoyed the little dialogue at the end. You know, we talked about it a little bit already, but basically it's the two characters, Carolyn and Raylan. Um, 
being extremely careful with what they're saying. You know, uh, they're not like confessing each other's feelings. They're not doing, um, as we called it in my church youth group growing up, they're not doing a DTR or defining the relationship in any way. Um, they're just hanging out and kind of flirting, but in a really subtle way. So she says, so you're just going to stay out here all night by yourself? And he says, hadn't planned that far ahead, kind of just playing it as it went. And then she says, shooting from the hip? And he says something like that. And I think that's the end of the episode, if I recall correctly. Um, and I like the shooting from the hip because one of the great things about Justified is it really instills in you a respect for how good Raylan is at shooting people. <laughs> and so, like, because I, I just recall, like, throughout the whole series, if it was ever Raylan against someone else, gun-wise, like, Raylan was going to win. Like, that just, because he was so, the show did a really good job of, like, establishing that he's a master. Uh, and so that came into play this episode when he busts in on the Albanians who are uh, pulling Hina's teeth out. And he's like, he has his gun to the Albanian guy. And he's like, don't, don't do it. You know, he's like, don't, don't, because if you do it, you're going to like, there's the tension is not whether Raylan will die. The tension is, is the guy going to do it and thus damn himself. Uh, and I really uh, respect that. But anyway, when, when she says shooting from the hip, I'm like, that's what he's really good at. He's really good at shooting from the hip. So anyway, all right. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Decoding TV. Thanks for hanging with us this week. Uh, again, I want to remind y'all that, of course, we just recently covered Steven Soderbergh's full circle here on Decoding TV. We got some coverage of Twisted Metal coming up with Patrick Klepek. And next week, Sarah Mars and I will be back to cover the next episode of Justified City Primeval Episode 5. Uh, we are about to cross the halfway point where we've just crossed the halfway point and we hope you've enjoyed listening to us so, so far. If you have hit us up at decoding TV at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you until then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just nine 99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market. 